Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts on a film of their choosing. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today we are talking about Alfred Hitchcock's American psychological crime thriller, Rope. First impressions, how'd you feel about it? I was actually a little confused, I think. Maybe because... It was how it was presented was like the mimicking of a single shot. And uh, just because we were like in one uh, location, which was like their like hotel area, wherever, their apartment building. Right. Uh, I think I got a little confused because like I, I thought it was going to be like something different in my mind. I thought it was going to be like a, a vertigo or like a rear window situation where we go into these other places and uh kind of like explore different areas mm-hmm. whereas here it's like uh it's basically a play you know because uh, i did some background uh, research into it and yeah this is just a uh film that was adapted from a play oh okay and um so yeah you can totally get that vibe now looking looking at it but yeah initially i was like confused and like maybe thinking um and made you know maybe i don't like it but like uh, maybe like towards the end, I started like to change my thoughts about it. Hmm. I actually really like the use of the just the single location. I like that. I I thought it was interesting that we stayed in one location because normally I feel like like you're saying that we move to different places, especially like in an Alfred Hitchcock film. So I was definitely expecting that, and the fact that we stayed in this this apartment that belongs to Brandon, I believe. Brandon and uh, Philip. Okay, and um, I thought that was I thought that was interesting that we stayed, and it did it definitely piqued my interest, and um, I liked it all the way through. It definitely kept me. Yeah, like uh, I don't want to say like maybe the single location I thought was bad. It just was like uh, catching me off guard at the beginning because yeah. I, I just wasn't prepared for that. Like I said, I, right. I was prepared for like a, a vertigo esque experience. You know, we just go along you know for the ride but in this one it's like okay we're we're grounded in this location you got to pay attention to you know certain scenarios and stuff like that the american psychological crime thriller film rope was directed by alfred hitchcock with a release date of september 25th 1948 had a runtime of 80 minutes and it stars james stewart john Dahl, and farley granger Two men attempt to prove they committed the perfect crime by hosting a dinner party after strangling their former classmate to death. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of like, uh, again, like unexpected because like when we start this film, you know, it's like daylight and, you know, people are just going along the street, normal day. Right. And then we like go into the apartment and then, you know, the, the shades the, are drawn, right? The shades are drawn and the murder's happening, like, you know, right there. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, I, you would think that like in some like uh murder film, we either like don't see it, right? It just already happened. Hmm. Or it's like maybe towards the end, like we're building towards it. But in this one it was like, okay, we're just here now. You and know, we see the murder take place, at yeah. least the end of it, not the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was unexpected. I, I was like, wow, I'm surprised we actually saw this. Right. And, like, I guess what I actually liked about uh, seeing the murder here 
was just the, the two's reactions, yeah. Brandon and Phillips' reactions to how, how they dealt with the murder, like, right off the bat. Because you could just tell, like, at first they're like, uh, you know, obviously this is, you know, fake, right? They're just actors and whatnot. But, you know, they played the, the role to, like, be, like, physically exhausted physically and mentally exhausted you know mm, right and uh maybe um more philip was than brandon was but you know still it's like man uh, they had this level of emotion i felt like within them uh, especially uh, uh philip's character right his was just like uh he was just gone you know it's like oh man this is this is heavy stuff you know yeah it was definitely to the point where he could not even take it he couldn't even handle it whereas brandon was a lot more calm about it and could you know keep himself together and mm. philip was definitely like all over the place i i thought what was interesting when it happened they both kind of seemed like they were both in this shot like the state of shock and then like basically like right after when they put david inside of the trunk the guy they just killed um they when they put him inside of like this book chest they both you obviously both start to see like how each of them react to it. And like we're saying, Philip is a lot more, you know, guilty about it. Whereas Brandon is much more calm and reserved. Uh, also like, uh, going into the factors, their, their, their whole differences, you know, um, I want to say it was like also interesting to see like, uh, or, or it caught me off guard too, because like, uh, you know, normally it's like, okay, how are they going to cover it up? Right. You know? Yeah. But like the fact that I was like, what, what caught me off guard was the fact that they were in their apartment mm-hmm. and they were actually leaving, you know? So I was like, okay, maybe they went to this guy's apartment, you know, committed the murder. They're going to cover everything up and just leave. Right. That's what I figured too. And then, yeah. When they stayed there, you know, and I was like, oh no, this is their place. I was like, whoa. It's like, this is completely different too. It was like, uh. I can't believe we were seeing this like other, uh, I guess, idea and aspects of like, okay, we're in the, I guess the main characters are the murderers and we're seeing them go along in this like kind of like disturbing trick where they're going to throw a party at the exact place that they just murdered their former classmates. Like, oh man, for 1940 is like, whoa, this is uh, interesting, but also it's like, it's kind of like I'm surprised they would actually do something to this level, you know? Yeah, exactly, and that they were able to show this. And I I, I was expecting that they were like hitmen or something. And like you said, like, you know, they went to this guy's apartment and then they uh, murder the guy. But, the, yeah, the fact that they were throwing a party immediately afterwards because, like, you know, they were, like, discarding the gloves inside of the apartment and, like, the rope and, and you know, they left him inside that book chest. And I was like, oh, man. Um, so now they're about to have a party and everything. And then, and then Brandon has the audacity to serve like all of the, um, the appetizers that's going to be served at the party right right on top of that book chest where they put David, the the guy they just murdered. And I was like, that (laughs) even crazier, even more strange. And yeah, exactly. I love how you said that. Uh, it's like we're following the, these main characters, like Twisted Plan, more so Brandon's, obviously, than Philip. Philip was just this uh, accomplice that I don't even know if you really wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised, like, as we, you know, go further along that, like, uh, I guess they even did it together, you know? Like, maybe Brandon could have just done it himself or whatnot. Maybe, you know, got away with it. But, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just the fact that we had these two characters, our main characters, essentially, that was, you know, uh, brought to us in the beginning, you know, we're following along and, 
you know, thinking like, are we supposed to be on their side or something? It was like, oh, it's going to be revealed that like David is the bad guy or mm-hmm. something like that. Is this like an actual good act? But no, 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 no. You know, it's just this kind of twisted, disturbing area because, you know, they have to think about like what they're doing and uh, how they're going to like cover everything up and, you know, all the characters coming in to um, basically have this whole dinner party. And yeah, just a, like an interesting and kind of like weird scenario. That's why I was like kind of confused at the beginning too, oh, okay. because it's like, uh, where are we going with this? You know, because you know they're having this party, and um, you know uh, they just killed this person. I, I assumed it's going to be like some sort of you know figuring out process. You know, just kind of like a, like a murder mystery uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. And when we were like just thrown into this other side, that I feel like. We don't typically see usually that is like, okay, uh, which direction are we going to follow? Right. And honestly, with all of that, I loved how when we're in those moments with both Brandon and Philip prior to the party beginning, so they're just setting up. I like how Alfred Hitchcock is able to create suspense out of nothing yet. Obviously, like we saw the murder and that created something. But the fact that he's like almost like uh, like we're right on their tail the entire time. And I love how when in the moments when they're setting up for the party, we can feel the especially from Philip, we can feel the like, you know, he's he's like breaking to mm-hmm, a certain right. extent. He's a lot more collected in the very beginning. Right. But. And as we you see, like we see that he, you know, he gets worse over time. But like those moments before the party, it's it's like we're following them and we're seeing it in a very like like a and almost like an um like in a way like as we're following them, like we're right behind them, like right over their shoulder. And I really like how that's how we're seeing it all. Like, for example, I love that moment when we're kind of like walking back and forth between the rooms and we're mostly like following Brandon because he's kind of like the one who's, uh, you know, we're following his plan. It seems like he was the one who planned it all. Mm -hmm. And as he's like, you know, he's taking things like the rope and like, he's very like in control and he's just kind of like twirling it around and they have a maid as well. Um, forgot what her name is. Um, Mrs. Wilson. And like, they have a maid as well. And like, he, you know, he's like, just, Showing that all in like in the open, he doesn't even care that that it's there, and Philip's freaking out. Things like like him just taking the rope, him moving the items from for the appetizers into the next room where they just murdered David, and um, him taking like phone calls from people. Like we we get all of that in the beginning of the film, prior to the party even taking place, and it's just like. You could feel this setup to suspense already from hardly anything. Yeah, I would say that, like, uh, like you said, like uh, you, you, we felt all this like uh, suspenseful moments, and like, yeah, I would say that this film is like that's probably the the, the best part about this film. Like, there's not like some sort of like uh, big, I would say, like, oh uh, uh, no, 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 you could debate that. I was gonna say like maybe there's not this big spectacular moment, kind of like in uh, Vertigo. If we, we ever go into that but i would say you could actually make a claim uh, when we get there in rope but uh it's more about these little suspenseful moments because we as the audience knew or know what happened in, in yeah. this room and 
when the characters come in and we see like particular pieces, like you said, the rope or even, you know, coming to the, the, the book, uh, uh, chest or like, um, just, you know, eventually when, uh, Jimmy Stewart's character just comes in, like tries to like figure out each, you know, particular moments and like, uh, all these like added, uh, camera shots. We, we know as the audience, you know, something happened here and right. it creates suspense because the characters there don't know yet. And it's only a matter of time until uh, someone finds out. Right. And in this case, Rupert, Jimmy right. Stewart. And uh, speaking on Jimmy Stewart, I was actually surprised because obviously we knew that he was part of this film. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how long it took him to show. That's and, true. And yeah. I loved that. I love that we didn't see him immediately because my first thought was he's going to be the main character right. character of this film. Mm-hmm. And he he really wasn't. Um, I guess he kind of he, he became he that became in my that yeah. right. He probably became that main character. But uh, I love how like we kind of took some time and we had all of the characters when they were arriving at the party. We you know at first we were kind of getting one by one, and you know then um, more more and more people start showing. And I kind of liked how we never got to see Rupert enter. Like we just. We just saw him like he was he wasn't there for one second and then in the oh, next he yeah. was there. Yep. Um and I thought that was great. Like and we got a really nice, like just panning shot and to reveal that he was standing there listening to um Philip play the piano. I believe it was at that moment or somewhere around there. See, it's also a fact that like this also confused me too because we were getting introduced to other characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay, so what's their importance? What are they going to contribute to the film? You know, are we going to see some sort of other scenarios with them? And um, yeah, I was like, I think that's what also confused me too because, you know, I was waiting for, you know, Jimmy Stewart's character to come up and, you know, see how he play a role in comparison to the two we already seen, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how is each character playing up and like, uh, where, which direction are we going to go? And I guess that's what confused me too, because, you know, we didn't get that clear. We just got some introductions to these characters, you know? Oh. And they like only really it was just those three that had uh, actually big impacts to the overall story. Really? The other ones were like maybe suspense or suspenseful moments. And that's about it. Yeah, I, I would say that you can tell that Brandon had a little bit, or he did have a plan between um, his his one once ex Janet, and then the guy who used to be with Janet Kenneth. Yeah, their other classmate. Right. Yeah, and you can tell that he was trying to like pull some stuff there because at this point, as we learned, Janet is with David now, the guy that Brandon and Philip just murdered, mm-hmm. and. Um, I guess the story is, is that Janet left Kenneth for David because he has more money. It's kind of like why even add that uh, whole scenario? Just right. For, I guess it's just for like uh, uh, Brandon's whole aspect to like his character. He's like, we got this sense that he's like, a, I would say like a trickster, likes to play a lot. He likes to pull the strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's that manipulative kind of personality. And I think... You know, and obviously with those two characters, it plays more into Brandon's character because uh, we see what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. And obviously it just hurts people. Um, uh, But yeah, like with with the other characters, I was like, I was thinking to myself too, like how do we incorporate these characters? And then that was the way. And obviously with David's parents, you know, or, or like some other lady and then the father was there. Like we obviously know 
Why are they? Are the- I think it was his aunt, I believe, like oh, okay. the sister. I, I think I remember them saying, but and then the father. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, what did you think about Jimmy Stewart's character Rupert being this, like I guess this uh, mentor slash teacher to all of these young men, like when when they were younger. Um, I don't think I had like particular like um thoughts behind it is like okay this is jimmy stewart's character he has some sort of like uh, insight to everything he's gonna like uh be smart about it i guess you know <laughs> but, but um, i think what i what i what i'm like uh trying to get at is is that it was kind of neat that you could tell when they talked about him prior to him showing up it's like he already had like this presence about him like this feeling of authority and especially like you felt that when he even like came in I think it's just, I think, he, yes, but like also, I think just the fact that it's Jimmy Stewart. So I don't think he even needed that, uh, like, added effect. I think he could have just brought it regardless. Oh. So, like, I already, I had that, like, incoming, you know, like it was about, to, it was going to happen. I guess what, like, uh, added to it maybe was like the reactions that he got from other people when he came, mm-hmm. like, for, um, for Brandon, you know. We saw him before with everybody else, you know, perfectly calm and like, okay, he he has control of everything. But once he started talking to uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, Rupert, um, he basically kind of crumbled, you know? Right. Yeah. He just like felt like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's actually an interesting uh, dynamic because like, okay, uh, is he going to, why is he the only one that, you know, he's like uh, on edge for and uh, how are we going to explore this sort of relationship with them, uh, each other? Yeah, then you could even tell that Philip has like a great deal of respect for Rupert mm-hmm. and it was even harder for him to stay collected. I think at this point though for for uh for Philip it was like okay, he's going to be like the the was it the the weak link out of this uh, whole oh, yeah. scenario. It was like he seemed like he was already crumbling before because uh what was it uh he was getting his hands ex- inspected by uh i think the the aunt or the sister or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh you know all his hands seem like they are gonna be like uh magic for him or something yeah yeah like well known you know for him right and you know he already crumbled just from that little piece you know there was a whole lot of like those scenarios where like they had double meanings to you know add to the oh yeah yeah uh, this person just died and, you know, they brought those type of like level of uh, words to like, oh, it's like a poor choice of words sorts of right. scenarios. And yeah. They, they implemented here. It's like, oh, here's another one, you know, one right there. I actually like that. I actually like that it, I think it, those uh, moments of like added dialogue in order to have this double meaning, I think it really added to that suspense mm-hmm. and it added to the scene because obviously like we know already that they murdered David and everyone else just doesn't know. And obviously with Philip, it's just killing him inside because he can't handle this guilt. Yeah. See, this is what uh, I was uh, also thinking about. Cause like, since this is supposed to be like a player was first to play, mm-hmm. it totally makes sense in that, like uh, in that space, you know, if this was a, if this was a play and the audience already knows what happened, but obviously the actors aren't going to like react to it. Right. It totally makes sense and how the whole dynamic and uh, supposed to go. And it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. What's like this happening. could work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have to admit though, I kind of felt like, although though we saw Philip breaking ahead of time, I kind of felt like, Maybe by the time Rupert came along, he was obviously very, 
he was very upset by the fact that Rupert was going to be invited, mm-hmm. and apparently, beginning. and apparently Brandon hadn't even told him, mm-hmm. and you could tell that he was very upset about that, and I think we could see it coming, like the fact that he was going to be crumbling in front of Rupert, and which he did. I kind of just felt like it was a little early. I kind of felt like sometimes he like Philip's character led on a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that it could have been dialed back a little bit. But I also think that like uh, it was for the suspense factor, you know, you, you were on edge because like, oh, they're going to get figured out or whatnot. And uh, I think that's why his whole character was like that. And it makes sense if you're like, OK, Alfred Hitchcock suspenseful moments and you, you were put on edge because he was acting such, you know, like in chaos, you know. Right. Like he was just, oh, man, like especially like that scene when when Philip is talking with Rupert and he's trying to play the piano mm-hmm. and uh Man, he's just stumbling on everything. Like, he can't... He couldn't even, like... He wasn't even playing in time. He wasn't taking the drink. He was, like, really, like, defensive about his answers to Rupert's questions. Right. For, for, like, no reason, you know? He could have just been calm and collective, but no, 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 no. He chose to, like, no, 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 you know, or something like that. He was all in his head, you know? Yeah. I really like these close-ups as well that are happening with Rupert, Jimmy Stewart's character. I love that moment when... When Brandon's telling the story with Philip and the in the chicken, that apparently like he's strang- like he's he's good mm-hmm. at strangling chickens, and I love that moment like when you know Philip kind of he kind of gets like a little bit erratic and he's uh, you know saying that oh it's a lie it's a lie, and I love that moment when we get this close up this tight shot on on Jimmy Stewart's face to get like his reaction and i love that we can already sense that he knows something's wrong yeah yeah we get a lot of those scenarios where right. like uh it's all in his like uh, facial expressions that you know like something something's up here it's like this is not right or something's somebody's lying right and it was so good i was like watching this I was like oh man what a nice touch and we're still hearing like the dialogue from the 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 characters and we're just like oh man we just feel that sense of um you know like Something's just wrong here. I would say, like, uh, just talking about, like, the camera shots and, like, this idea of, like, the long shot and then using these, like, people's backs and, like, certain, like, other scenarios for, like, the the cuts, right? What do you think about that? Like, was that, did that work? Was that too weird? Or maybe, maybe something didn't work, you know? I, I personally loved that. I loved, like, for example, when Brandon walked inside of a shot like or like he walked in front of the camera and then like he's handing a glass to someone or something like that and he continues talking and like it kind of goes right up against like his back and then it it like uh he moves away from it and then he's doing something else i loved those i thought those were so good um i thought they did them in the right places it also gave this feeling of like ominous like this like ominous presence and um or like maybe the sense of evil because it went completely black for a second mm-hmm. and then it came back. I really like those. I thought they were, I thought it added to like, um, not only for just like a great shot, right? Mm. But I think it it added and worked for just like, um, like movement, but also just to get this feeling of like, there's this sense of like evil here and it's kind of overtaking. And I, I felt like I saw those shots a lot with Brandon. Those, those are the moments that I remember them from. I think Jimmy Stewart had one as well, but it was always Brandon walking in front of the camera, whether that was with any character 
And I remember it most from him. I actually think that, uh, I don't know, like uh, for certain, but I want to say it was actually like uh, a combination of things. It's not just solely on Brandon. So it's kind of like interesting to see that you noticed more on those uh, 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 shots when those happened. Yeah. Or those cuts. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of interesting because like, I think at first for me, I was kind of like confused on like what was going on here. But I was like, okay, they're probably using these for the cuts, but like, Why? And it's like, okay, I didn't understand that, like, whole long shot uh, scenarios until, like, probably later on. Mm-hmm. Until I catch on, okay, this is where they wanted to do those those cuts. So, like, I'm in the I'm in the area where, like, okay, uh, I think it was an interesting idea, you know, to do this these whole long shots. But, like, maybe, uh, I want to say, like, maybe we could have chose, like, uh, different areas, I want to say, like... Uh, or possible like uh like you said where it was a link to a character maybe if we go back and uh we can like see uh when they actually did these uh sorts of cuts mm-hmm. if it was linked to brandon i actually think that was actually perfect yeah but if it's like multiple characters and like kind of like uh just there because it had to be there maybe it wasn't as like uh like I, effective yeah 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 or meaningful see my thought was that it felt like Whenever it happened with him, and I'm pretty sure it only happened with him involved, it just felt like it was this idea of like the wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. And it was like among these, uh, oh, well, according to Brandon, like these inferior people. Right. So I was like, I was getting that feeling from those cuts. Yeah. Like you said, uh, if if it does uh, actually only happen with him, then yeah, yeah. I think it was perfect moments. But mm-hmm. like, if not, then maybe we could have like... Uh, had it for at least those two, Philip and Brandon, okay. and maybe that's about it. Or you could you could say uh, Rupert, maybe because just because he's like the the third main character, really, right? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, if it's just kind of like a random sort of scenario, then I would say like eh, maybe we could have had just another way, or like you know dial it down to just those two. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for my memory, I'm pretty sure that it mostly happened with just Brandon, but I could be wrong. Um, and speaking of shots, like talk about like the great shot when we are focused, not even on the chest really, but we're focused on Mrs. Wilson, the maid, when she's clearing off the appetizer table. Yeah. That suspenseful moment where like they're arguing and talking about like this whole, like, uh, the philosophy of murder. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, she's just cleaning, going back and forth to the kitchen, you know, taking all the stuff back to the dining table area. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are they going to notice, you know, her getting into the book uh, uh, chest or whatnot? And, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that added this whole, like, oh, man, let's hurry up and go go over there, you know. Right. And uh, eventually, like, at the last second, you know, Brandon comes in, like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, and shuts it, you know, before they're able to even open it. It's like, yeah. oh, that was like a... Albert Hitchcock, like, perfect, perfect suspense uh, moments. It was so drawn out, too, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Like, we took like we took our time with it, and that was what, that's what I think was great because we know what's there, and the audience should know what's there. And it was just the, the time it took, it just felt like forever. And then, that, like you're saying, that moment when she's right about to open it, and we were like, oh, no, the truth is going to be exposed, and then Brandon came in. And wow, what a what a moment, what a scene! Mm-hmm. I would say like uh, when uh, I'm gonna like skip ahead here to like basically uh, now, uh, so, uh, like 
Rupert has basically figured out something's up, you know? He's kind of like, okay, something's here, but I don't really know what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, he's trying to, like, uh, figure it out between uh, Philip and Brandon, but, like, he's really not getting, like, any concrete scenarios. Right. And it's not until, like, basically when we get into the other suspenseful moment where everybody's leaving, you know, Brandon's kind of like, or not Brandon, Dave, everybody's worried about David, and uh, basically they're, they're basically going to go out to find him. And he's, uh, Rupert's given his hat because he's going to go leave. Right. But then he, he doesn't fit him. You know, I was like, oh, okay, he just got the wrong hat. But actually, you know, we see in this camera angle that it says DK for uh, David and I forget his last name. So yeah. Like, uh, Kenley. Kenley. And um, yeah, I was like, oh, here's like a... They they messed up here. Like you a know? big giveaway. Yeah, yeah. Something happened here. And, you know, he knew. We knew. And I was like, okay, something something's going to give here now. Right. Like something is about to happen and it's only a matter of time. Right. And, oh, man, like I love that scene because it felt like just this. It, it could have just been played off as like this little uh, comedic scene. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, oh, the hat doesn't fit him. And then once we see the initials inside, it was like, oh, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, wow. what a, yeah. What a great reveal. I wonder if that was common to do back in those days to put your like initials on your hat. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it still it still could be, you know, if hats were still very popular, but yeah. Um yeah, I I really like uh, that that moment because now we're just now we're kind of feeling like okay, it's only a matter of time before something happens and um uh and basically like it does but like also uh we get this feeling that they could have actually got away with it because everybody oh, right. does leave you yeah. know and they're like okay uh you know get my car and we're you know, gonna leave and you know basically get rid of the body right and we had this like downtime i guess for them right and it was interesting just like okay then we got the phone call where like philip crumbles even more you know it's like oh, i can't go back to the phone it was whatever. real bad i was gonna say it was like uh I can't believe that, like, you know, it really, like, devastated him, it seemed, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like He couldn't just get back to the phone and say, oh, yeah, yeah, because Rupert called, you know, he said, oh, I left my uh, cigarette case yeah. to, uh, and can I come back up to go get it, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, he didn't leave anything, right? He's, yeah. He's making some sort of excuse to come back, right? Yeah. And, you know, basically seeing uh, Philip and Brandon, like, uh, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, like, right. calm down, you know, get a hold of yourself. And they you were know? scrambling. Yeah, just because uh, he was coming back up, you right? Know? Just just that moment. And uh, wow, it was, it was uh, crazy just to see uh, how much they were shaken up by it. Yeah. I do have to ask you, because you mentioned earlier that like kind of like towards the beginning of this film, you felt that you were a little bit confused and whatnot. But then once you were getting to a certain point, you kind of felt like, oh, okay, I'm understanding now. And you were getting more into it. What was that point? I think it had... Uh, Probably started when, um, I would say, when at the moment when we get to that moment of uh, uh, them or that shot where the suspenseful moment where the uh, the maid is basically bringing everything back. Okay. I think at that moment I understood where the direction was going. Okay, where uh, Jimmy Stewart's character was like getting a lot suspicious, you know, about everything and what. Um, uh, Brandon's whole goal about this was, you know, I think at that point I was like, okay, okay, this is where we're going. And he, oh, no, no, no. Also, when he gave the, oh, I guess it's like this exact same time, kind of, when he gives like the books, you know, in with the rope that he killed David with. You know? Oh, right. Like at that moment, you knew too. So, like, uh, probably like a combination of like 
their talk about the philosophy of murder and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like probably around there, I was, I was catching on. Okay, this is where we're going with the, the whole uh, film. Okay, yeah. Um, and then when we get to the point where we do have the downtime and Jimmy Stewart's character does leave, did you really feel? Did you ever feel like? They were gonna get away with it, or that they would. Oh uh, no, no, okay. no! It was like okay. Uh, I I assume we're gonna get to the point where, you know, he they get caught in some sort of fashion because Jimmy Stewart's coming back up, you know, well, right? But well, that moment when um when Brandon grabs a gun and he loads it, did you feel like we were Jimmy Stewart's character was gonna die? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think I especially for like uh, again uh, just that era. I don't expect those type of things, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. It's more like, okay, if we're going to get anything, it's going to be like uh, maybe that uh, some moments in like rear window, you know? Mm-hmm. But like uh, nothing nothing to the extent of actual death, I don't think. Maybe like an injury, maybe like a, like a, a struggle, like a little fight. Right. But nothing to actual death, I don't think. I wish we could say it the same for David Kentley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that moment when, he, when Jimmy Store does come back, it was like this... Uh, um, like we obviously knew that he, he has a cigarette case already. And I was a little afraid that, uh, that Brandon was going to like draw the gun and he was just gonna, I didn't think he was really going to kill him, but I did have this feeling that it was going to happen. And really, I had this feeling, I had this feeling that it would, it would have happened, but I knew that Rupert was going to get out of there alive somehow. Yeah. I, I guess like, uh, for the fact that, yeah, the time period, and maybe that we we're just sticking to the this uh, one place, you know, for right. to the whole for the whole uh, whole movie. That like, uh, no, no, no. Uh, and again, it's Jimmy Stewart, you know. Uh, I didn't feel like there was like this uh, sure for like uh, we're gonna get to some sort of struggle or some sort of uh, uh, fight, right? Mm-hmm. But nothing to like. Okay, he's actually like in in danger. It's more like how are they gonna play themselves? You know, are we gonna be calm and collective? Or we're gonna, you know, have these like subtleties, you know, like eventually build, build, and gradually get to this like breaking point. That's right. where I was like, okay, how how fast are we gonna do that? Is it gonna be like a slow crawl, or is it gonna be like you know shooting to the moon? I kind of felt like this last bit was kind of like as the even as they put it, it was kind of like fencing back and forth between Rupert and Brandon. Yeah, yeah, and. But like, and then obviously like with Philip, it just broke down completely. Right. And I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of sad too. Cause I really like the exchanges between Brandon and, uh, Rupert where like they're, they're talking about, you know, like, oh, I'm just here for my drink, you know? And then eventually he gets more suspicious with like actually talking about how would I get away with it, you know? Right. And that's kind of like, uh, oh man, that's kind of like cool. Especially with the camera, you know, moving along to like his thinking process. Oh, that was it's neat. like, oh, that's like, uh. It's like a, like a whole logical moment, like okay, here's where it started, here's where it goes, and it's like it's like a like a clue moment, you know, where yeah. like okay, I did it, you know, in the kitchen with the the broomstick or something yeah, like yeah. that, right? It's with like the, with the candlestick, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's kind of cool whole scenario that they they did uh, with that. It's like okay, okay, is he gonna figure it out? And also like the additional layer where uh, I think he knew. Well, uh, like it was in the in the chest, right? Because the camera went over there, mm-hmm. but then he purposely said something else to like maybe like buy him some time, you know? Correct. He's like, oh, that's like a like a, an, an added cherry on top of like we're playing even more games with each other. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought that although I liked it, I think it might have been a little too on the nose, but it was a good moment. Oh, okay. Like it was a little too on the nose because it's like, oh, okay, now we're going to talk about a hypothetical murder. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. obviously what really happened, right. it was still really, inter- it was a, like an entertaining moment. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that I would have been like, I don't like knock off points for that. What do you think about the scenario where, you know, uh, he, Jimmy Stewart eventually finds out or he suspects that uh, Brandon has like a gun in his hand. Oh yeah, and then uh, Brandon takes it out, shows it to Rupert, and just throws it on the piano. What did you think about that? That was a little weird because, like, at that point, you could tell that uh, Rupert was like not, you know, he was not like believing any of Brandon's BS at that point because. Like, that was just, like, the worst liar. Like, it, it, he was trying, Brandon was trying to laugh it off and just, like, threw it and said, like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna, it, you know, bad things happen around here. I just gotta, you know, stay armed and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I was like, come on. I actually thought that that was very much, like, uh, uh, like, uh, he was calling his bluff sort of scenario. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I was like, that's, like, tremendous confidence and like i was almost scared in that scenario yeah, where like yeah man he was like uh i want to say like man enough but like he had this like uh uh tremendous i guess uh confidence to like you know even do this whole scenario because it's like man it's like i don't know it's like I thought that threw me off because it's like it's very much like I, normal people would like crumble to this stuff and it's like okay this is this is a different type of person you know he, right he truly does believe like he's you know superior in some way right right and i was like oh man this is like a, this, that was a, that was scary in my mind uh, yeah like it was like a disturbing thing and it really i would say that like um moments of this film especially like the talk when they were like describing like the psychology of murder and whatever i felt like this was very like this was almost giving me like shades of american psycho like before it even happened mm. and i was like this is kind of interesting and i wonder if any of it was inspired by uh rope um possibly yeah because like i was getting like certain like you know there were certain aspects of it uh, i think that w- could have played into the making of a of a thing like or like a story of like american psycho but um yeah i was very like calling that bluff and then his confidence to even like admit that he had a gun but then you know lie about the reason it was a little disturbing and it was like very like creepy yeah and i was like oh man but it it was a pretty bad bluff but like honestly like let's say right right there the movie ended you know and and, uh the cops you know come like he couldn't he had nothing on him really at that point right yeah so like i think he like he knew himself that he could do this thing and he actively did it Uh that's just me was like oh this is that's that's a scary moment you know right right and then basically it all gets ruined for for uh, for Brandon because Philip just can't, yeah. can't take it anymore. Yeah. Which yeah, I knew that that breaking point was definitely going to be seen and it was going to happen. And I think um, at this moment we kind of get like that uh, classic Jimmy Stewart. I'm going to yell at you and I'm going to give you the greatest lecture of all time. And he gives like this really great like uh, just like has this really great moment where he talks with Brandon about like you know you know i know what you did and basically oh, yeah, like yeah. he has this whole like this whole monologue where he basically is saying like you know i know what happened essentially mm-hmm. and the twisting of words and 
you know, all that kind of stuff. And the, the whole talk is only ever supposed to be talk and it's never, there's no such thing about people being superior over others. And it was like, it was really this great moment. And obviously like Jimmy Stewart is that person who can shine in that moment of like just a great like monologue. And you can definitely believe it. As we've mentioned before, he can play any kind of role really, I think. And I always believe him when he gives this like really great, like smack in the face moment. I think it was more like a, like about like a, a changing of idea and how, people can interpret it differently mm-hmm. and almost to the point of like yeah yeah to like uh basically justify whatever means that they want to right and like uh how powerful your ideas can become you know and like you should take i guess uh, a moment to like step back and like think about what you're actively giving out to the world because you know it can basically come back another way you know or maybe you didn't think of it this when you originally thought about it but in actuality it could mean you know harm to people right i think that's like the whole idea and like the whole monologue he was trying to uh basically uh, portray but like uh i do want to like go back a moment to when uh we have this like uh like spectacular moment where you know he just jimmy stewart's character rupert is looking at out the window and he just pulls out from his uh, suit the rope that was tied with the books that killed David earlier. Oh. Here was this like Alfred Hitchcock moment to where we show this like when he turned around having all these colors, you know, flashing with this rope only showing the hands. And uh, just the moment that just alone, we knew that he knew. And it's like audience is like, oh yeah, yeah. Here's here's like, oh shoot, you know, something's happening here, you know, <laughs> the big reveal. And I think that's what like what made uh, Philip crumble because it's like he knew that he knew, you know. And we, yeah. Everybody, everybody was on the same page now, you know. Right. It was huge. Yeah. It was a huge moment, and then like Philip seeing that, like you know, like oh, like he he has the rope and everything, and he knows, and uh, then even. Rupert mentioned that, you know, oh, yeah, I love that lie that he says something along the lines of, uh, yeah, you're right. Those books were tied up a little like too like uh, messy or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And I was like, oh, man. And it, it, it definitely was like this huge moment. And uh, yeah, Philip just crumbled at that at that point. And I thought that uh, Philip was going to shoot uh, Rupert because he he grabbed the gun. And then I was yeah. like, oh, no, this is really bad. Yeah. This is really bad for Rupert. And then they have that, like, that uh, almost like James Bond-esque, like, Sean Connery-style fight where it's just absolutely silent. Yeah. And they're just struggling together. And then uh, uh, Philip accidentally, like, shoots Rupert just a little bit in the hand. And, oh, man. Yeah, like, this whole, like, all this, everything just, like, cr- crumbling down. And at this point, Brandon can't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eventually, like, it just all comes down. And, uh, you know, we're at the scenarios, like, what are they going to do now? And uh, Rupert shoots out the window to alert everybody. And we just, I like this touch, too, you know? We we don't hear anything from them after that. Yeah. We just hear the outside world basically, like, uh, responding to whatever happened. And like, okay, we got the rest of the story through those like mini dialogues and exchanges from the people outside. And they didn't need to say anything. They knew the fate that was awaiting them. Right. And that was awesome. Oh, an awesome way to end the whole movie with, you know, 
each other. Uh, Philip at the piano, Brandon just getting a drink, and then Rupert just sitting down by the chest. You know, I was like, it's over. Gun in hand. Yeah, gun in hand. I was like, oh man, a brilliant way to end rope, I think. It was like, it was definitely an image. There are moments in film. And that was one of them. And I was like, oh, man, especially like with the lights coming through as well, like the, mm. the reds, the greens and the whites just flashing. Oh, it was so good. Right. Yeah. Like no words were spoken. And um, yeah, what an image just like to see. And even the books were behind Rupert, too, if you know, if you caught that, like right behind the chair, mm. there was like some of those books that were just like left right there. That was a nice touch as well. Yeah, great. I think a perfect ending to like uh, this sort of like uh, mystery, thriller, crime, drama sort of scenario. Yeah. I would say though, like, I don't know if this is like the original thing or it was like a, a Criterion edit or maybe uh, uh, some, something happened here where it's like uh, the uh, the rope ending, like the, the end sequence, like the end credits, right? It was shown in blue. Oh, that was really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like white text, blue background. I was kind of like, okay, this is weird. This is weird. Uh, I don't know. It was like you, like you said when we were watching, it's like, oh, it's the shining sort of scenario. Yeah, the, blue, the awful blue text <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the shining. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, this is kind of like a weird also ending to it, but like, old movie maybe you can just give it some slack with there because sure we ended the whole sequence really nicely you know we don't need to really worry about the text uh, right uh showing showcase so yeah uh yeah really bad blue but i understand um yeah i felt like um overall i, I really liked rope from beginning to end there was like unique shots the suspense was at an all-time high jimmy Stewart was great as at playing like this detective character like as he always can do um, I loved like the use of the other characters coming in and we learned a little bit more about them. They were kind of like foils to Brandon's like plan and everything. And, or like they were puppets to Brandon's plan. He was just trying to manipulate them the entire time. And, uh, yeah, they're like, like great setting. I love the use of just like the one setting. I kind of like that. I kind of like that we didn't move from this one place. Like we kind of got to experience different rooms every now and then, mm-hmm. but it all it always stayed in this one place. I would say like uh, I'd admit that I was confused at the beginning. I didn't know which direction we were going because, you know, uh, the merge happened right in front of us. We had these other characters where, you know, when we see uh James Stewart or Jimmy Stewart, you know, be the head person. I was expecting him to be earlier, you know, the main character, but no, 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 he's like the the side character who becomes the main character. Right. So that's like an interesting scenario. But like, yeah, I admit I was confused at the beginning, like which direction we were going. But overall, by the end, I think it all tied up nicely. And um, yeah, it was like a perfect like suspense uh, film. You know, that that's the big takeaway where we see these moments, we see these camera shots, we see this or hear this dialogue that adds to the effect because we knew or we know what happened uh, at this area. And I think it's like, oh, this is perfect, right? Right. Would you consider this film a murder mystery? Um, I, I'd say um, probably, probably, because like uh, Rupert is trying to solve whatever, even though he doesn't know a murder happened here. There's a mystery involved that becomes a murder. So to some extent, probably. Yeah. I was actually going to say I felt the same way that I felt like that it was a murder mystery to a certain extent. And I felt like if we're going to call it that, 
this is probably the way I think a good murder mystery should be. Not I don't I don't know if I would necessarily say framed, but like done, perhaps. But I mean, I think it's you know it can only be done so much. But I think the fact that the the murder happened in that same room, and the fact that the body was still in that same room, yeah, it it just upped the level of suspense like dramatically. And there's so much you can do with that, as you see in Rope. Yeah, I think it uh, overall depends on what you want the focus to be in the murder mystery. Right. Like, do you want to uh, have the focus on the characters trying to figure it out? Or do you want to have the focus on uh, the actual act of the murder? Mm. And this one took the figuring it out, suspense, suspenseful route. And, you know, it was an enjoyable film to watch. But definitely like Alfred Hitchcock, suspenseful, you know, moments that he can uh, offer to uh, his films. Right. The master of suspense right here. So there we have it. Alfred Hitchcock's American psychological crime thriller, Rope. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to The End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you and goodbye.